Hello and welcome to IndieCast episode 104. My name is Mike Toundro. Tonight I am joined by Harry Lazidis. Hello, Harry. Hello. And Matthew Wright. Hello, Matthew. Hello. How are we? Incredible. 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 Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's incredible. I don't think I've ever said that ever in my life. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, I'm, I'm incredible. <laughs> Uh, yeah. I'm usually very honest when people ask me that. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like typically people are like, yeah, no, I'm good. I'm like, yeah, I'm fine. <laughs> well, my issue is if I'm like, yeah, I'm having a really shitty day, they're, they're going to be like, yeah, I wasn't hoping you were going to say that. So I'm just right? going to keep walking. I'm like, all right, well, well, yeah, like, like nobody, nobody actually wants to hear about mm-hmm. your shitty day. No, like, and I always call it the good dance. Like, it's like, hey, Mike, how are you? I'm good. How are you, Harry? I'm good. That's mm-hmm. good. And then end of the conversation. Like, it's, yep. yeah. Like it's Did you say anything other than good? You're like, oh, oh, why? I'm like, I didn't want to talk about it. Yeah, like, yeah I, no. don't, I don't want to talk <laughs> about it. Clearly, you don't want to hear this. Like, well, let's just yeah. call a spade yeah. a spade and like it is what it is. It's fine. It's dumb. But I'm glad you're incredible. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very happy you're incredible. You want to talk about why you're incredible? Uh, because I played a bunch of really rad games past week and a half. Well, yeah. Speaking of those rad games, today we are dedicating this episode to all the animals. We're going to talk yeah. about cats. We're going to talk about foxes. We're going to talk about... Uh, Dragons. Mons. Mons. <laughs> Dragons are in there. I think there's a snake in there I saw. There's foxes. There's a bunch foxes. of weird earth creatures in this game. <laughs> bunch of earth creatures. <laughs> uh, so yeah, we're going to talk about Stray. We're going to talk about Endling. And we're going to talk about Coromon. But first, let me remind you that here on the 6-1 IndieCast, we discuss the rad happenings all around the indie gaming scene. You could usually catch this podcast live as we record it right over on twitch.tv slash 6-1 Indie every Friday night at 9 p.m. Eastern. Asterix. Uh, I'm seeing Taken Back Sunday tomorrow. That's why we're not doing this tomorrow. <laughs> uh, if you can't All make it, the small thing. Sure, Harry. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's the wrong band, but that's fine. It is the wrong band. Do you know? Do you know what you just sang? I don't know. Okay, <laughs> can't make it. That's okay because it hits uh, all major podcast feeds the following Monday morning. If you want it sooner, if you want to add free with that pre and post show, well, you can support us on patreon.com slash six one indie to listen before anyone else. You'd also snag a few additional Patreon perks, but more importantly, you'd be supporting a small DIY company with huge ambitions. If you're short on cash, well, that's okay too. You could still show your support by leaving us a review, following us on social media platforms like at 60 indie on twitter matt i saw you at the corner of my eye <laughs> giving our work on 60indie.com a read and using your free twitch prime sub on us and uh yeah obviously tell all your friends about us shout out to our pigeon producers for the month of july joe wilson mick at the nanobiologist aaron Cini, hopefully awesome casey cat alec bobco kobe cortis Cole, aka the good sir, and Jessica Sanchez. Uh, a little bit of housekeeping. I reviewed Endling Extinction is Forever. That's up on sixwindy.com. Harry got a double dose of reviews, uh, Stray and Coromon, both on sixwindy.com. So after our discussions on the games, you get uh, a little more, a little more mons and a little more foxes and a little more cats in your life by going to sixwindy.com. Um, and over on Patreon, uh, we just dropped two episodes of Indie 100 where we induct Toem and Hades onto the list of the 100 greatest indies of all time as determined by 61 Indie. Uh, does anything uh, dethrone Inscription? It's only one I way to find know. out. Only one way to find out. Do we make Kyle Stevenson very angry? Only one Only one way to find out. That's not really very difficult to do. I know. With my opinions. 
uh, this week we are sponsored by Creative Market. I'll tell you a bit more. Tell you more about that later. But first, uh, let's talk about let's talk about Stray. Stray's the big boy in the in the room. Mm. The, the big the big fur ball. Big boy. Um, Matt, have you played Stray yet? Just a little bit. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. I I have not had a chance to touch it yet. Um, Harry obviously beat it. Um, obviously the last. I think the last episode is our stray review discussion where we like get more in depth, but um, yeah, we will we'll obviously touch on a little more. Um, Harry, have you played more since the review? A little. Yeah. Uh, it's just as adorable and as phenomenal as I remember. I got very spoiled this week. I played two games that are very Harry's jam. One is pretty much a Pokemon game and one is about cats. So stray, if you guys don't know, is a sci-fi dystopian game where you play as a cat, where things happen, and then you have to interact with the world um, with humanoid robots and spooky creatures to kind of live and continue to adventure throughout the world. Um, The gameplay is exactly what you think. You play as a cat, um, and the interactions is in the mindset of a cat. So a lot of what I was doing was kind of exploring the world, exploring how to get from point A to point B, Focusing on verticality, um, meowing because that's a dedicated mm-hmm. button, which is adorable, um, and a lot of environmental puzzles that could vary from super duper obvious to a little bit of a head scratcher that might require more um, exploration in the like it's biomes we can call them like mm-hmm. larger areas that you explore and kind of progress through the story. Yeah, um, yeah. so. I was over the moon with it. I was very concerned that I was like, I, I was reviewing. like, it's yeah. always the thing. Like when you review a game, you're like, I think this is amazing. It Am seems like everybody's on the same page. <laughs> yeah. Which is mostly, great. Uh, mostly. Most. Uh, I think overall it would, at the very least it went from good to phenomenal. Mm-hmm. So that's yeah. uh, kind of the breadth of a lot of the reviews we saw in the past couple of days. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I thought it was a wonderful experience. It was um, it hits you in the feels, both good, bad, and ugly. So I don't want to spoil anything yeah, with any sure. of those. Yeah. Um, the the story design was really good. Where you know, like the cat's not. We don't understand the cat. Like it says meows, mm-hmm. and then there's some eye movements and some gestures. But the other characters in the game kind of over do the overarching story, and you're kind of helping to facilitate that. Um, but that doesn't mean that the cat doesn't have important moments through storylines. So I thought that was really interesting and, and intriguing. Nice. Yeah. Matt, uh, how far are you into Stray? Not too far. I would say maybe an hour. Um, okay. Okay. One thing I will say, I don't like any game that makes that reminds me of Milo and Otis. Uh, I won't spoil, but a moment early on in the game, uh, I, I don't like it. I don't, I don't want to see anything happen to uh, dogs and cats, which, oh, okay. funnily enough, almost every movie has something bad happen to a dog. I don't understand why. Are uh, you referring to a film called Milo and Otis? Oh, yeah. I thought oh, this yeah. was a game that... Uh, no, no. <laughs> I thought this was an about. anime, and I'm like, no, okay. No. <laughs> yeah, don't. Don't. Wow, the, the, the Adventures of Milo Otis, There's a. am going to describe the box art. There's a <laughs> an orange cat and a pug front and center right in front of a rainbow, a very fading rainbow. Now on the bottom, there's a barn in the background, uh, but there's a bear looking up at them. There's a raccoon kind of like ready to attack right beside the bear. Uh, there's a, uh, two ducks, 
Um, right beside the two ducks is an owl looking like very confused and like about to attack uh, the, I think, deer. I think that's a deer a little bit uh, towards the right. Uh, that's right under a cow yeah. with mm-hmm. a baby pig right on top of the cow. And uh, in between those two groups uh, from owl to, to deer, three little baby chicks. And the one I was looking at, it is the pug and the yellow cat. And the cat has the paw around the pug. I see that one also. I and see that it's one also. Yeah, I'm assuming sad bear. This is is a movie that you could tell, like, the animals were not treated properly. Oh, sure. Because it is an adventure film uh, with human voiceovers for the two characters. Mm. um, At times, uh, struggling through a stream. Um, Mm. Yeah, that happened more recently also with some dog film. Like in the past (laughs) couple of years. And there was like a lawsuit over it. Yeah, Yeah. it should be. Uh, Anyways. Uh, video games. <laughs> yeah, luckily, um, Stray. Uh, I'm a, uh, right now based on the game. It appears that no cats were harmed in the creation of the, um, which is the great. game. Uh, and even more adorably, they base it off a cat that was like rescued from the development team. I think there's a story yeah. on that somewhere. So I think I saw. I that. thought that was really good, and they're raising money for like cats and animal shelters. Mm-hmm. Um, if you need any more of a reason to enjoy this experience, they made it out of love, and they're kind of pushing it forward yeah they're um this weekend in new york if you're on patreon and you're and you're in new york and you are hearing this friday evening saturday morning um i think on saturday they're teaming up with some shelter in the city uh you get to book like a 20 minute slot and you could like play stray hang out with the cats and they have like exclusive merch and stuff like a stray cross whatever shelter it is it's also in conjunction with uh, the Boba guys, which the Boba Tea place. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, it, it seems like cool. Like they're actually like good on Annapurna for like, yeah, like sure. It, it's a marketing thing, but like mm. actually putting where the money money where their mouth is, like in terms of like adoption and strays. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I didn't even know that. It's called Meow Parlor, which is adorable. <laughs> Meow Parlor. OK. Uh, and yeah, you guys can cool. Google it. Check out Screen Rant or some other website. Uh, other than yeah. that, the, the game gameplay is great. Um, yeah. Gameplay, world Um Matt, I want to specifically ask you about the score because it sounds like it's a it's a madass score. So that's that's my question. Like, is the vinyl the music that you hear in the game, or is it the score? Um, because the music so far, the little I've heard, I absolutely love. Um, when you're in the town area, um, but if it's like the overarching score, I haven't heard too much of it, and it's really just like um, like long drafting strings like sure your your basic yeah so like soundtrack versus score right um if it is the beats i would absolutely buy that vinyl uh i'm not sure Uh, it says inside the wall follow the light intruder guardian the notebooks so Um, it might uh, be the score if that's not your jam on the vinyl description for the game soundtrack composer van jan van vander Cruz, I'm so sorry, Jan, uh, captured that uh, captured a central idea, seeing a desolate cyberpunk metro from the eyes of an assumed feline, unassumed feline, uh, and translated it into synthy soundscape mm-hmm. filled with reverberating chords and driving pulsing drum beats punctuated by unexpected and welcome moments of instrumental whimsy. And it might be both. Um, he so might have both. done everything in the game. So it might include because inside the wall is absolutely the first score you hear in the game uh, well luckily this game is only like four to six hours so you'll mm-hmm. be able to experience it all in a couple of days and 
get an informed decision on whether or not you want to go ham and buy the vinyl and the physical copy of the game at iambit.com. I'm thankful it's not limited. And so yeah, far me too. That was my big concern. I'm like, like, and this is just a general statement. Like I hate it when they do limited edition things before the game comes out, because how do I know what the music is? If I haven't heard the music yet, because the game's not released yet. Yeah. Um, so like stuff like that always grinds well, my gears. Matt and I are masochists in, in that sense. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm happy. Uh, certain other vinyl six LP doesn't appear to be limited, or at least people aren't rushing to buy it. So I still have some time on that one. Mm. I'm guessing you're not Psychonauts too. Oh, oh okay. Psychonauts. I thought you were purposely not saying it to make sure. I don't want to jinx it. Yeah. <laughs> as a collector, <laughs> as a collector, I love the more limited stuff. But this dropped like the Monday after my wedding, where I was fucking broke. Yeah. <laughs> so and I, I couldn't. That, that really... keeps happening. Like. Yeah, yeah, like it always fucking happens. I did sneak in uh, the Tony Hawk Pro Skater 2 yeah. order uh, <laughs> right as we had to do like one more wedding payment. Mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, 30 bucks won't hurt. It's fine. <laughs> uh, it's right behind me. It's great. It's wonderful. Nice. I hope they keep doing more. Um, yeah. So Annapurna, yeah. Uh, 12. What is their name? B- B12 Studio. Blue, Blue 12, Blue 12, 12 Studios. 12. Yeah. They did a wonderful job with the game. Uh, it's definitely in the contention for game of the year. Um it, it is definitely my favorite. It's between, honestly, between this and Coromon for my favorite indie game that was made and released this year. Dang. Um, so yeah. it is it is really a powerhouse week for Harry. So, yeah, it's a, cats and Pokemon. It's a big fucking like, week for you. Yeah. <laughs> next, you're going to tell me there was a Star Wars game coming out next week. And I'm like, oh, my God, it's game over. <laughs> um. So Matt, the the score because I okay that we're so hung up on the score. If you yeah. want even more impressions <laughs> on Stray, go to the last episode. It's the Stray review discussion. We yeah. break down everything, like how the cat feels and all that stuff. Spoilers, it's great. Um, in the in the IMA description, it does say it includes a code for the soundtrack on Steam. Mm-hmm. If you go to the soundtrack on Steam, it, it's a lot. There are it's two discs. First disc is 29 tracks. Second disc is 41 tracks. So it has to be both. I don't know if, if the vinyl is going to be yeah, everything. Is this the vinyl is not because yeah. it only shows like eight songs yeah. per side or four sides. I mean, four <laughs> songs per side. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a selection. Where do you see four songs per side? If you go to the extra options all the way on the right. Uh, oh, I see. Audio. It. I see it. Oh, five ish. Five, five, three. Five. Which so that's actually, we could so go go to take the track listing, go to Steam, preview the songs, mm-hmm. and you could see which ones right. are selected. Um, <laughs> that is a bone I have to pick with the essential uh, two LP for Psychonauts two mm-hmm. because it doesn't have the Jack Black song on there. Ah, uh, it's a bummer. I wonder if that's like a weird licensing like, thing with Jack. I'm sure it is. Like, how's that essential if you don't have that song on there? It might be like a, something with Jack's like yeah. um, PRO or something. Luckily, the six LP is not that expensive for six LP. How much is it? Uh, hundred and hundred twenty, hundred and thirty, but for six records, that's not bad. Yeah, at all. I mean, look at the Persona. Persona. No, I know. <laughs> uh, I bought the what was the Persona four and five I got so far. They're very good. I want my Persona Anyways. four golden to come. Stray, very good game. Yes. Please. <laughs> it is absolutely worth the money. It is absolutely worth the upgrade. If you're a fan of sci-fi, if you're a fan of cats, if you're a fan of exploratory or um, slightly spooky, only because of ominous but not actually scary, 
yeah. uh, themes. Like it's really interesting to get like sink your teeth into. I don't even like that phrase, but it's worth it. For this yeah. Game. Sink your teeth, baby. Um, and then, yeah, sink I, your um, fangs. I ended up upgrading my PS plus. Uh, we, we talked about this on the pre-show. So patrons, sorry for sounding like a broken record. Um, I was able to upgrade my PS plus, uh, at two extra, which would get me access to stray for, I think it was like 35 all in, mm-hmm. um, which is only $5 more than the price of stray. So like check your upgrade options also. So like you might as well like get it's the a free trial PS plus and there's a free trial. Um, so yeah, see what your options are, but yeah, you should definitely play stray support them from cats to foxes friends i've been playing endling extinction is forever my review is on sexualindie.com this is the sad fox game a lot of people are concerned about how sad this game is because it has the milo and otis effect for sure (laughs) plenty times (laughs) tenfold um so uh endling extinction forever is a game uh at least kyle and i have been very much looking forward to for quite some time uh it is developed by i forgot the name of the studio Forgotten. Hero Beat Studios and Hero Handy Beat Games. Studio and published by Handy Games, uh, which I didn't realize Handy Games is a subdivision of THQ Nordic. No. Very interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, you play as it's a, it's a survival game. Mm-hmm. Typically survival games, not my jam. Yeah. I am not a fan of being dropped into the world that doesn't want you to exist in and dying getting a, oh, well, try again, and just totally restarting from the start and just trying to survive longer for whatever reason. I think it's aimless. It kind of wastes time. It's, it's not, it doesn't respect the player's time. Not a fan. I know people love the genre, just my not my cup of tea. Mm-hmm. So I was a little concerned that Extinction was going to, uh, sorry, Endling was going to um, have too much of the same like traditional survival formula. Uh, but thankfully it does not. It's actually quite the refreshing take on the genre that I haven't really played before. Um, mostly because it's very narrative focused. It's like it's, it puts narrative on the forefront. Um, that's not to say that survival is not a critical element. You still have to like very much be, uh, observed of your surroundings and like be aware of like the survival mechanics in the game, but it, uh, it's never super punishing. Um, so with that being said, what Endling is about, uh, you play as the last fox of the species in a, a pretty dystopian earth, um, just totally ravaged by humans, uh, the environment you play as, and it's kind of presumed that like this is happening all over the globe. Um, there are just like ravaged forests, forests um, factories, smoke, the whole nine yards, toxic mm-hmm. water. It just it's such a terrible fucking landscape for the natural habitat. Um, so you are the last surviving fox just trying to make it day by day and live um, after a very heartbreaking and dramatic intro, uh, which it's like as soon as you hit new game, it just tosses you into like, fuck, this is going to be a heavy game. Um, if folks played the public demo, it is the the intro of the the demo mm-hmm. as well. So you're familiar with what I'm talking about. I'm not going to spoil it here because it's very effective. Um, after that intro, you uh, you realize that you are uh, you're uh, you're pregnant and you give birth to four little cubs. They're very cute. You could customize the cubs. It's very adorable. Mm-hmm. You could pick what color cubs you want to pick. It's it's fucking precious. Um, something happens. Don't want to spoil it. But this something 
is the catalyst to drive the narrative forward and like mm. what you are doing day by day. Um, and that kicks us into the game. Uh, Endling is broken up by day. So you are, as the, the day begins, you are going out in the world and just exploring. Um, you during the the exploration you are scavenging your food that means you are hunting prey um if it's a last minute resort you can find trash to eat uh you could like kind of dig for berries and whatnot um all that is to supply the cubs with food there's a a hunger meter on on your ui Mm -hmm. and um obviously you just have to kind of like maintain that um another part of the the exploration is on particular days and it seems like they're somewhat scripted events happen and a a a scent pops up to uh drive the critical narrative forward uh so like for sense like if you hold l1 like a little trail of like it seems like smoke pops up Mm -hmm. and you could follow the scent to where you need to go um that happens with the critical path kind of things and uh hunting animals and whatnot trying to find food um the food is green the the narrative stuff is purple so there's that. And uh, yeah, events are on your map. Uh, and the map is like really surprisingly much larger than I thought. It's a totally like in my review, I called it a linear open world kind of thing where it's like it's an open area um, that you could freely explore. But like there is plenty of signposting telling you where you should be going. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, events like you go to a certain marker and like something in the background might happen. Um, an animal might pop up to like kind of help you out. Um, like a, a barrier might break that opens the map up even further. So, like, while it is open and while it, it is a survival game, like, at least there is plenty of signposting to kind of drive you forward and, like, make sure you are hitting all the proper beats and you're not just wasting time, like, taking all the resources and then all of a sudden you're out of resources and you can't go past that point of the map. Because uh, it does seem like like once you kill a rat or something and and eat it, like, that rat ain't going to spawn again. Mm-hmm. Like, it's dead. Um so that's what I really appreciate about the survival stuff. Like, yes, it, it is like very anxiety inducing, but it's manageable. And like there there are, you know, the, the game isn't trying to work against you in that way. Um, like you're not trying to survive X amount of days just to do it all over again. Like there there is a reason for it. If something happens and I don't think I don't think this was like a purposeful thing. Um. Given the title, and I'm going to try to keep this as loose as possible, things could happen because mm-hmm. you are you have a bunch of baby cubs following you around and there's there's poachers, there's hunters, there's predators, there's traps, there's lack of food. Things could happen. And that thing is like is permanent if you don't do anything about it. Um, what I'm referring to is the cubs that could die. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so like there was one time where one of my cubs starved to death. It is fucking horrifying and mm. heartbreaking. Um, the game has a save system where uh, it only saves when you're back in your layer, which is like your your home base. There's there's three layers in the game. There's three areas, and then each area has a layer. Um, the game saves once you go into the layer and start your next day. Mm-hmm. When my cub died, I backed out to the main menu and I restarted the day. And Cub was back, restarted the day. Didn't feel like I wasted too much time. I was I was right back in it. Days only last like 10 minutes, maybe. Nah. Yeah. Um, it, it's very manageable. Um, that yeah, that's another thing. It's like 
sometimes the the quickness of the days it feels it's there's a lot of pressure um because there are moments where you have to like kind of sneak around to avoid like hunters and whatnot and like the the pacing of like a lot of the sneaking sections or sneaking events um it's very precise it's like it feels like i achieved a goal like right when like the sun is about to come out i keep saying days like it's broken up into days foxes hunt at night it's it's technically nights um so like uh, as i'm like about to complete an objective i get the warning that uh i'm supposed to be heading back to my lair to end end the night um but yeah, it only lasts like 10 minutes. So like if something fucks up, like just don't go in your layer back out. Or even if you die, once you hit a game over, you just restart the day, which is very nice. It's very kind. And again, another user friendly uh, thing in the survival genre. Are there consequences if you don't make it to the lair? Do you just straight up die or is it like, okay, now so, there's some hazards? So um, what I've noticed, because I, I didn't want to test it too much, um, if I was if like the sun was coming up and it was uh, getting too much uh, daylight and so on and so forth, um, the human enemies, like the the poachers, the the hunters, all this stuff, they become a lot more aggressive and a lot more present in the world. So they will eventually kill you. Gotcha. Um, if you are out too long and like there's nobody around, like it's just like the daylight getting to you, your the cubs hunger meter starts to drain drastically because they start getting exhausted. So, like, eventually the Cubs will just start, like, really getting fucked up. Yeah. And if, like, the hunger meter obviously carries over to the next day. So you want to try to make sure, like, you have a decent amount of food in their tummies before for the next day. Just so okay. you're not, like, setting yourself up for failure for the following day. Because sometimes, like, as you are exploring more, like, you have to go, like, exploring out a little further. Um, thankfully, like, as you explore out a little further, that means there will be probably have you'll probably have opportunities for food. Um, but you need to make sure like, just in case there's like a hunter and like, you have to like take a detour or whatever, like there are going to be things in your way to get back to the, the layer. Um, a few times, one of my critiques is, uh, that, um, there are times that hunters kind of corner the only food source. And I felt like I was screwed mm -hmm. and like, I had to restart the day. Mm -hmm. Um, which again, like restarting is not a, a waste of time or like too big of a waste of time. So like, it's not that big of a deal. So are their movements randomized? Like if you restart it, are the humans going to be in different places or you just have to get there faster? Um, as far as I can tell, it seems like they are somewhat randomized. Uh, there, uh, There's uh, tricks to kind of lure them into specific sections to kind of help you out. Um, one of the things you could do is like there are certain uh, like tree trunks that you could scratch and that kind of signals to some of the hunters that will be roaming around the world um that you were there so they will like mm -hmm. specifically stay in that area so like once you know they're absolutely going to be in that area you can just avoid that area gotcha. and like kind of be safe aside from that it seems like yeah they are it seems like some of them are like specifically placed mm -hmm. but for the most part it seems like i just run into them randomly i'm like oh fuck and then i run away cool yeah it's really fucking good like i think yeah, it's it, one of my favorite games of the year easily. it sounds super intriguing but like i gotta be in the right mood to play this it's definitely a dark game and like it's a game that has a message like it's very much telling a grounded honest but necessary narrative that like extinction is a real thing and like humans are fucking destroying the planet yeah gibbon had very similar themes yeah that's and, that's my question should yeah. you be in a good mood or a bad mood to play this game <laughs> i don't know there is some good in the world mm -hmm. um i don't want to spoil things but like not all the humans are terrible human beings mm-hmm 
uh, not cliche human beings. Like there is some some light in all the darkness, and like some of those those moments are definitely like welcomed um, moments of levity. Um, so it's not all sad, sad, dire, 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 one hundred percent of the time, which is great. And the game doesn't overstay its welcome. I, I think it's about a five to six hour experience. Okay. Um, and again, days like really like fucking fly. Um, mm-hmm. So like the pacing is really good. And like I said, like if you're not a fan of, fan of survival games, like I would still recommend giving this a shot. I'm having a blast with it. It's it's genuinely fun to, I know fun is a weird word to <laughs> how to describe the game, but um, it is fun exploring the world. It's fun kind of, routing specific areas and seeing how to safely get from point a to point b and um some of the events are really cool um whether they're just like background cutscenes or like little micro missions that you could do mm. it's really cool like not and like nothing ever feels stale like when a, a new day starts you never really know what you're going to get yourself into um yeah cool and it's a it's like the narrative itself it's like something that you want to pursue like i there were times where i wish i could just like kind of mainline the main quest but again, with pacing, it's very realistic in its pacing. It's like you're not always going to know like where to search for certain stuff um, or like certain scents aren't going to always be available to you. So like it kind of makes sense that like in terms of the world of Endling, um, why certain things are happening on certain days. Mm-hmm. It's really cool. I really dig it. Excellent. It's, fu- it's fucking gorgeous also. Oh, my God. It's it very uh, really pretty. It's similar to Firewatch, that that Ollie Moss art style. Man. It feels like it uses it, it knows how beautiful it is and it uses its beauty to contradict with the narrative in such like a very distinct way. Um, like it feels like that beauty was meant for the world before the humans fucking ravaged everything. Yeah. But it's like the one final kind of like thing that's still like obviously like the cubs are still there, but like it's the it's kind of like left over from the, the previous world. Mm. It's really interesting. It's really cool. Nice. And the intro very much feels like it could be like a Firewatch 2. <laughs> sort of um i don't want to go into spoilers for that but like mm-hmm. it's there are like funny ties that like i linked in my mind totally nice. fake obviously it's not a sequel to firewatch you never know you never know could be somebody uh, somebody in that tower could have really fucked up that's all i can say <laughs> <laughs> uh but yeah endling extinction forever uh i think it's everywhere um it's it's on last gen but obviously you can play it on everything um i played on ps5 runs great looks great plays great Highly recommend it. No, I know I talked a lot. Did right. I, any any questions about Endling from from the peanut gallery over here? How's the music? Music's great. Mm. Um, the intro in particular stood out heavily. It's like this really like dramatic, sweeping or- orchestral score. Mm-hmm. Um, moment to moment, it's more toned down, but it's still effective. It's not distracting in a way, which I really appreciate. The mix itself is also very good. Um, the the in between moments are subtle and and really kind of make the the environments more living and more grounded um and the the more drastic moments like when you're messing around with the hunters and like there there's poachers and whatnot and like the factories and whatnot everything sounds like it has weight and it just feels not part of this world in in a good way i mean like it doesn't it feels like it doesn't belong in a natural habitat like machinery shouldn't vibe with like paws like going gently Mm. into the snow um, and there are many times where the sound like saved my ass where like, I, I heard certain cues. I was like, okay, nope, <laughs> not that way. Nice. Yeah. Excellent. Sweet. Um, uh, Oh, my only, my only other critique with the map, 
I really like that there is like a you hit the touchpad. I was playing on PlayStation. You hit the touchpad, shows you a big map. It shows you where certain events are happening. Very easy to navigate. Um, I do wish there was a way I could like select an event and it, like it would trigger a sense where I could just hold L1 and it'll show me where mm-hmm. I could go. I kept just constantly um, hitting Checking the map the button map. to yeah. check where what direction I needed to go. The game plays in 2D, but it plays with the 3D scape pretty yeah. well. Like you go in and out of ledges and like that counts as certain directions on the map. And like, yeah, I kind of wish I could just hold L, follow a sense instead of constantly like mm-hmm. whenever I hit a new place a new option that i could turn checking the map it, it felt like it interrupted like the natural flow of gameplay at times mm. aside from that though fantastic fucking video game nice excellent before we talk about them coromons let me tell you about our sponsors creative market Creative Market is an online marketplace for community-generated design assets, offering graphics, WordPress themes, stock photography, and fonts. Uh, I genuinely use Creative Market for every single piece of 6.1 Indie content that requires art. Uh, The community-driven font library is incredible. Every thumbnail, video, overlay, even our logo all use fonts and assets that I've snagged from Creative Market. Um, Also, like as creators, securing the font license is the right way to do it. Matt could probably uh, vouch mm-hmm. for this. You used to just download them, download them off defont.com. Default? You could get in trouble for that. Don't do that. If you want to take your art uh, seriously and take your, your company seriously, get that font license. So, yeah, avoid any headaches. Make your content stand out from the crowd. Visit bit.ly slash 61 market to help make your next creative project shine. That's bit.ly slash S I X O N E market. Harry. I'm Harry. Why should me and Matt play Coromon? As big Pokemon fans, why should we play Coromon? Uh, well, obviously, because it's fun and great. But more specifically, <laughs> because I said so. Podcast uh, over. There we go. <laughs> uh, well, what I really loved about this game is that, it, first off, you're immediately thrown into what the heck's happening in this world. Like, within five minutes, you, uh, you kind of get the gist of who I am, where am I going, and why am I doing this? And then you kind of get your creatures. It's very, the gameplay is shocking no one, very pulled from Pokemon, yeah. where you have a creature, you have a party of six, you catch, you, uh, I don't think it's called capture, but you get, you, you throw a spinner at them and they, you catch them and they evolve. A Beyblade. Hmm? A Beyblade. That's not, I'm just joking. Continue. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I don't know how that happened. Um, anyway, so yeah, you have six creatures, um, but what, and you know, battling is fun, catching is fun, the collecting is fun, there's over 100 creatures. Uh, but I really like the fact that it wasn't a, you have to get eight badges and compete mm-hmm. against Elite Four. There's this own very specific story that you are uh, trying to figure out what's going on with these Titan creatures, which are pretty much like the powerhouse creatures whether they're ghost forms, whether they're electric forms, whether legendaries they're from the lava. Yeah, kind of like legendaries where I don't believe you can capture them. Aww. But they're they're indicative of the story that you need mm-hmm. to figure out this mystery that's happening in the areas. Um, Gameplay is solid. And there's so much customization that has been like a JK with Pokemon fans that just doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can customize the difficulty to make it easier or harder to catch Pokemon. You can make it easier or harder to battle character, uh, to battle other NPCs or wild Pokemon. You can adjust it where you can do Nuzlocke features if that's something that pe- <laughs> Pokemon, hardcore Pokemon fans enjoy. Um, 
And same thing with like health items and other venues. There's a bunch of customization where you can kind of tailor to how you want to play a Pokemon game and not just be like, I want to play this specific way. Or even with Nintendo or Game Freak being like, you know what, we want you to, we want to simplify it so much everyone gets a billion HP after every battle. It really customizes it where you can give yourself the challenge if you want to, or you can kind of simplify and blast through for the story or the exploratory aspect. Nice. It, yeah, and it kept me on my toes. Uh, I played it on PC, what was it, end of March, early April. Thanks, so. and And then I played, what, another 20-ish hours, 25-ish hours on Switch the past couple days. Jesus it's really Christ. Yeah. Um, <laughs> they're supposed to be cross-save and cross-play. Um, at the time of writing my review, I wasn't able to figure it out, and I didn't get a response on exactly how to do it. Um, so... Be mindful of that. It might have changed since the game is now released, but um, it's really cool. It is dope as AF. Um, yeah, something that impressed me the most because I was part of the um, – I think we were both part of that Behind Closed Doors demo at E3 last year. Um, just how user-friendly it seems mm-hmm. and how much they have the hardcore Pokemon fan in mind. Yeah. Uh, like it, this doesn't seem like a cliche like Pokemon clone. Like this mm-hmm. feels like it's very much its own thing with clear inspirations. But oh, yeah. Like it, they're not pulling any punches. Like there's some, there's a Pokemon and that's you're going to be like, well, that's a Hound Hour, only it's sure. there's a Moon Crescent instead of it just being totally black. Or, ooh, this is a, a frozen Cub Bear. It's not Cub Chew, it's Blizzard Chew or whatever. Um, and that's another thing. Like in the moment while you're playing it, it's fantastic. But like once I step away, I'm like I don't remember the characters. I don't oh, remember sure, yeah. the move sets. The the type system is pretty cool. Where there's like seven or eight types that creatures can be, but there's also seven or eight types of attacks that aren't creature types. So like there's a magic type, but you can't be a magic Pokemon. You can only use magic attacks. A uh, Coromon. So yes, sorry. Did I say Pokemon? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we've been saying Pokemon this entire time. <laughs> Freudian slip. Um, um, but, but it was really enjoyable. And I almost want to play it again just to kind of vastly change my play style. Um, but there's a lot of games, so maybe I'll pause on that for a little bit. Uh, my question. Uh, so you can you can catch, other than the legendaries, you can catch everything in here. There isn't like trade-locked um, Cormons and stuff like that. I was not aware of any of that. Perfect. But also there's not like two different versions. There's one right. version. And right. um, I don't I can't remember like there's if there's no, there's no Haunter Gengar situation. Yeah, no. Mm-hmm. Uh not that I'm aware of. I didn't sure. I didn't actively try to collect all the Coromon. I was just kind of playing and be like, ooh, this is a new Pokemon, a carrot Coromon. Let me uh mess around with this. Um and Does it kind of like encourage you to quote unquote catch them all? <laughs> Uh, I, well, what did I write? Collect the, collect all the Coromon. Um, yeah. but I don't know if it actively encourages you, but there's a lot of side quests. And then a, a thing that I didn't bring up while well, I, I wrote in the review, which you can check out at 6180.com. Uh-huh. Um, but there is a lot of like, you know, when you play Pokemon games or monster taming games, there's a lot of grinding, mm-hmm. but in Coromon, there are milestones. So like capture Pokemon, you get check marks after Cormon. a certain amount of checkpoints Cormon, thank you. after a certain amount of checkpoints you get experience points for your character which is something that you can upgrade to so the more upgrades you get the more bonuses you get as a, a human and then your Coromine also get like extra bonus points or there's a allocation with 
bonus points, whether it's attack, defense, speed, or whatever, where you can allocate those points. So if, if I level up five levels, I have five points that I can allocate to my choosing. Mm-hmm. So let's just say my my frozen bear is really good with defense and I want to kind of buff it up to be really good special defense mm-hmm. too, you can allocate it that way. So even though it might not classically be like really strong in special defense or with speed or whatever, you can kind of push it forward to be like, all right, your your attributes are not great speed, but I'm going to buff it up to kind of counteract that. Mm-hmm. And it's even more customization. So I'm hard-pressed not to recommend it to people who like Pokemon, especially mm-hmm. if you were frustrated with the newer versions, thinking that they're mm-hmm. overly simplified and it's just kind of you're walking your way through. Like this requires a lot of typecasting with battles because the types definitely matter, uh, mm-hmm. I feel like, more than Pokemon, where you, if you're using a not-effective attack, it will literally not be effective. It's not like, oh, I killed them anyway. I'm like, wow. It's like you do two attack instead of 14 attack, and it's it, it's powerful. Nice. Um, so I, w- I was really digging it. And that's why I kept rotating my Koromon po- uh, to <laughs> I keep doing that. That's why I kept rotating them because I was just like, okay, which ones do I like? Which ones can I tweak? Which ones are going to evolve? And which ones can I mess around with? And who could be my main guy and which ones I'm going to dump? And even more, the catch them all kind of thing with the Koromon. They have um, attribute, not attributes, but there's potency for these Koromon where – Let's just say I have a bird, and he's the black bird, and he's the normal version. But there might be a more potent version that has more potential, and it's almost like a shiny version. But mm-hmm. the shininess mm-hmm. is attributed to their ability or their powers. So if you find a perfect Pokemon, he's going to be a third version color, and he's going to be the most powerful out of the three that are That's the cool. same Pokemon. So it, it really does encourage you to kind of explore, get a better Koromon, swap them out, and then kind of build it up that way. Something I like also, I I you know correct me if i'm wrong but i think i remember this from the the demo um there are like zelda like dungeons sort of like zelda light dungeons right um i would say there's definitely exploratory stuff but like it's just like any other pokemon game where you oh no there's a nice place i have to move around those ice things until i get to the puzzle it's more pokemon than like a a deeper kind of zelda e kind of thing i would i wouldn't call it too much of a zelda Okay, I would that, say that it's was like more, the yeah. one they showed off, like very granted, very briefly. It like gave me Zelda vibes initially. Was it the fire one? Maybe. I mean, I'm trying to think of like the first three. They're super pretty linear. Sure. Or yeah, maybe there might the be. Th- it off. But there's also cool things where you get into a puzzle dungeon. We'll, we'll do air quotes dungeon, and instead of your creatures attacking, there might be other things you have to do. So that yeah. could be put more puzzly. Maybe, um, yeah. But I wouldn't say that I would say it's still definitely close to like old school Pokemon puzzles of like, oh, I'm in the Cinnabar uh, laboratory. How do I get out or oh, cool. how okay. deep do I go to figure it out and then go to the next Titan creature? And I did want to ask about that because I did read one review that kind of scathed how much puzzles there are in this game. What's your opinion on that? Uh, I would say. There are more puzzles than old school Pokemon, Mm -hmm. but I don't know what people want if they want a different game that's not exactly (laughs) like Pokemon. Because, uh, like, I kind of skimmed a bunch of reviews, and I'm not downplaying anyone's opinions. Yeah. But everyone wants, I want old school Pokemon just better, and this is exactly what we got. It's Mm -hmm. old school Pokemon plus better. If you don't like puzzles, sorry, like... You are very much entitled to your opinion. But I don't think they were overly obtuse. In my Mm -hmm. head, 
I think there's, I'm losing my numbers, but I think there's six or seven Titan creatures. There might be six or seven puzzle things that you have to do. Mm-hmm. Um, some are more obvious than others, but a lot of the, I would say the, a lot of the sneakier ones are a lot of sight things. But I thought overall it wasn't too frustrating. Uh, I will say the story kind of, there's diminishing returns with the story. So like in the beginning and middle, you're like, whoa, 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 awesome, awesome, awesome. And then it kind of peters out, um, which doesn't ruin the enjoyment, but this is something to think about where you're like, oh my gosh, couldn't a crescendo to the universe exploding. Mm-hmm. Like, eh. Sure. So. Cool. I'm excited to play it. I have it. I have it downloaded on my Switch. Yeah, Very and it's 20 bucks. Like, yeah. I don't know how much better it can get. Um, to kind of like end this segment and obviously the, the episode, um, got a press release today that, uh, from, um, Stry PR, who is repping Coromon and freedom games, um, an NFT slash crypto scam appeared yesterday on social media, pretending to be publisher freedom games and developer Tragesoft's modern monster tamer RPG Coromon, but with supposed blockchain technology and promising NFT giveaways, this is patently false. There is absolutely no NFT or blockchain integration in the real Coromon or with any other titles from Freedom Games. Quote, Coromon BSC illegally uses the real game's assets and the trademarked name. The scam appears to be uh, use appears to use the face of Certic. Um, but at this time, we are unsure of the validity of the relationship. Uh, you might recall a similar but more egregious situation happened earlier this year with another Freedom Games title, Outerverse. Uh, Freedom Games and Tracksoft have been informing our community of the copycat and are encouraging them to report any associated attacks they see. Likewise, Freedom Games has its legal team looking into any and all remedies and protections mm-hmm. for the Coromon team. Freedom Games will continue to do everything within its power to protect the developers we support. Likewise, Freedom Games will always vigorously protect its copyright and trademarks to safeguard our community to the best of our ability. Um, so yeah, if you see any of that going around, it's not the actual Coromon. Um, I feel bad for freedom fucking two times dealing with NFT yeah. bullshit. Um, it sucks. Um, if you see those accounts flying around, report them like do, mm-hmm. do your job. Like it's fucked up. It's wrong. Like don't. Yeah. It's, it's dumb. Yeah. That's it's dumb. It's all dumb. Well, y'all, I think that's a wrap on this animal spectacular. Yay. 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 Us. Yay. Yay. Animals. Save them. You know what I'm saying? Save them and play with them. They're, they're, them. they're great. Thank you for listening to IndieCast episode 104. Mike, Harry, Matt. We'll catch you next week. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.